Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit session. I'm Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. I'm Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And you're Kim. And I am Kim. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we are so excited um, today to have a really, really good friend of mine, Miss Kimberly Williams. Hello. Oh, we have the same last name. We might be related. Oh, come on now. Come <laughs> on, Donna and Kim. <laughs> um, so Kim and I met each other um, in, in, our NICU, in our NICU days, back at good old St. Louis Children's. Um, we made fast friends. We've done a lot of shenanigans together. And I recently was in her wedding. <laughs> yes. Um, so we are doing our breast cancer discussion today. And you're probably like, oh, Kim works in the NICU. Like, why is she here? Kim, tell them why you're here. <laughs> I'm here because I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes. So even though I know people are probably like, what? Because you're like 30. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be 33 next month. For sure. Yes. Why did I think you just turned? Whatever. No. Time. <laughs> Time is flying. It's escape. I was like, I think she's like 30. Yes. Yeah, so um Kim was diagnosed a couple years back. And so, you know, with her being a black woman and a young black woman, um, we just thought it would be great for her to come on and share her story and how it's impacted um her life and just navigating the whole process with her, you know, being a nurse and having the knowledge and like what advice she would give to others. So this is a really, really, I'm going to make it through this without crying. This is a really, like, it's crazy because at the time where Kim got diagnosed, we were talking a lot about it um, because my grandmother, her cancer, her breast cancer, it came back and had metastasized to her lung. And so I was, like, calling Kim, like, they said this and, like, what did, like, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Um and so I'm just really glad that Kim would take some time to come on and talk to us and um, and share with us, because I remember there were lots of times where Kim's like, what's going on with Granny? <laughs> Tell Granny, we got this. Um, so, and I know that uh, Gigi really, like, appreciated talking to her and just enjoyed talking to her. And um, Yeah, man. So we are here to, let's talk breast cancer. Let's talk some, like, some stats. So. All women are subject, like, you know, we all have breasts and can get breast cancer. Um, but with Black women, um, we we get breast cancer at the same rate as white women. Um, but unfortunately, we don't, our survival rate is poorer than theirs. Um, so we, um, compared to white women, Black women have lower rates of, like, actually getting breast cancer. But we are dying from breast cancer more. And so that math doesn't add up. Um, and so we are just here to talk about it, talk about different interventions um, and things that we can do um, because death from breast cancer is going, um, going down, but the death rates are 40% higher. That's almost like one and a half, like that's almost 50%, like that's almost half the rate. Um, which is like alarming. We don't get it as frequently or we're about the same, 
but our chance of dying from it is 40% higher than our counterparts. And so it's definitely something that I feel like we need to address um, and address the early like warning, you know, the warning symptoms and things that, um, that, we, that we can do. So Kim, can you just tell us a little bit about um, how you were even diagnosed or like a little bit of your story? I was actually diagnosed on September 1st, 2015. It was in August of 2015. I actually just came back from my job interview from where I, um, I work at now. And I was just doing my monthly breast exam. And I'm like, wow, it's a lump over here that, you know, I didn't feel the month before. So I'm like, let me just call my um, primary doctor to try to get an appointment to see what's going on. So as soon as I told them I felt a lump in my breast, they was like, oh, we have to get you in. So they got me in. And at first, um, they were like, well, maybe, you know, since you're so young, it may just be caffeine deposits. Because, of course, you know, I drink a lot of a lot of coffee. <laughs> We were the Starbucks. Starbucks go card. <laughs> yes. We had a Starbucks go card. I was like, how you get one of them? She got me hooked on Starbucks. <laughs> I drank the stars. It was so yes. bad. Working night shift. Kim was like five minutes from each other. Kim was like, we carpooling and let's go to Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, just like the the caffeine. I was like, we drank so much coffee. So much. Yeah. So, but the nurse practitioner I saw because my doctor was actually out of town at the time. She was like, oh, we. I'm just gonna send you for an ultrasound, you know, just to just to make sure. So they did an ultrasound and they saw something that didn't look quite right. And at the time, they had to fight with the insurance company because, you know, I was 29 at the time. And they were thinking, oh, what a 29-year-old need with a mammogram. So they decided to do an invasive procedure of a biopsy rather than to try to do a non-invasive procedure with the mammogram before they would even diagnose me. So they did the biopsy. And once the biopsy came back positive, that's when they actually decided to do the mammogram. Insurance. Insurance drives me nuts. I can't. Like I said, I was 29, and they were like, oh, no, you don't need a mammogram. So 29, right. And that's something that's, like, hard that a lot of people don't, like, you know, they don't talk about. It's, like, the the disadvantage that we have social, like, socioeconomically. Like, Kim, you're a nurse. We had good insurance. At children, like, we had good insurance. And even still, you know, I feel like I've had some times where I've ordered something for a patient and the insurance is trying to fight me. And I'm like, look, buddy, I'm like, you're not in the room with me when I look at this kid. Like, this needs to be ordered. And all of the rigmarole and stuff that you have to go through and you're you're wasting time, like, valuable time. And so that, that's... That's ridiculous. So your diagnosis, was it the triple negative? Like what was your, what stage? In I was actually the estrogen positive in which they want. That's the good one. And I was only stage one at the time. So I remember that Friday when I went in to see my doctor, Dr. Herman, she was waiting for the results as I came back 
to the back. And once she got the results, she kind of like screamed like, yes, that's a good thing because we didn't want it to be the triple negative. So it was actually the estrogen positive one. Okay. So when you found that information out, what treatment options were you offered? I was offered at the time, it would be first off, they would have to do a lumpectomy to get the cancer spot out, to test it, to see what was going on with that. So um, I did the lumpectomy, and she told me at that time we had to wait till the test results come back to see if I would have to do radiation, meds, chemo. It was just a whole bunch of information thrown at me at one time and they also took one of my lymph nodes to make sure it hadn't spread to a lymph node because if it had spread to a lymph node it would have chemotherapy would have been the first thing I would have had to do but I was blessed and it had not spread to my lymph node so all I had to do was um the lupectomy radiation and now the tamoxifen therapy is 10 years instead of five. So I have to do 10 years of the tamoxifen. And is that just a pill that you take like by mouth or is it? Like mm-hmm. by, by mouth daily. So I just have one question because I noticed you said that you were checking and you had the lump. Is this something that you were just doing all the time, like doing yourself uh, breast examinations or yep. I know because a lot of people are so young, like, in our age in our age range in the 20 age range we don't normally need to do like we need to do our own self breast examination because I'm sometimes like I don't even do it so it's like I think that we need to make more people aware that we should be doing this you know even though we're not getting a mammogram do your own self breast um, examination or talk to your primary doctor about it or your because we don't do that Right. Yes. And it was just my monthly um, self-exam that I usually do every month. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and what's yeah. really important is like I've seen kids come in, um, particularly young girls, where they find these lumps. Like my, my younger sister, um, Kayla, ended up having a lump and it was a fibroid. So sometimes you can get those, you know, those fibrous lumps in your breast when you are... Um, like with their with their cycles so it'll happen with their menstrual cycles with young girls but it's still important because she found like she found the lump and then went to my parents and was like hey something is wrong <laughs> like something is wrong and even with that they still they did the ultrasound and confirmed that it was just that but don't ever ignore a change right. in your body it, it could just be like a change in your nipple appearance. It could be discharge that wasn't coming. Like, do not ignore that stuff because we have these symptoms, but things don't always, aren't always as they seem. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have a cough and the cough could be a cold. The cough can be tuberculosis. The cough could be cancer. So it is, you know, something that we really want to, um, we want to emphasize, like, make sure you are doing your breast self-exams. Do them monthly. Do them in the shower. Um, make sure that you're look like you're looking at your breasts. Like, they're yours. Yeah. <laughs> they're yours. I just feel like, you know, even when we talked about, like, breastfeeding, this over-sexualization of our bodies where people are like, oh, girl, you know, I don't, like, I don't touch, you know, I don't touch them. Like, 
they're your breasts. <laughs> you what? should be checking. And How often should we check? Monthly. Monthly? Yep. Every month. Because it could be it could be different. Some people do it like more often. I check mine more often because I'm I'm on birth control. So I don't even have a cycle for it to you know for it to go with. So I just be checking. I'm like, mm-hmm, what's, what's up down here? <laughs> because you can do it while you're in the shower. Like it like you're in the shower while I'm washing, I just take a quick second, like, okay, no lumps, bumps, nothing weird. Like, Right. On to the next, like on to the next thing, because mm-hmm. you know, with my not only did my Gigi have breast cancer, but my aunt ended up getting diagnosed after Gigi got diagnosed. So mm-hmm. it's something that it runs in our family. Like it's it runs in our family. I went to it. I went as far as going to at Kim's advice, going to see a geneticist. Kim was like, "Just go," because Kim, it didn't run. It didn't run in our family. I was the first one diagnosed. Wow. And all my genetic testing came back negative. Yep. So it can still happen. And I just, you know, it just is like, take care of your bodies. Like we get one body, just one. So take care of your bodies. Um, you know, like with my, with my Gigi, she ended up having a mastectomy. And so they ended up having to take one of her breasts. Um, and we had to do like prosthetics and do, you know, we did a couple different things, but you know, it just is something like so simple, you know, that you would, you wouldn't think, you know, like taking the time to look at your breasts and know the contour. And if they change in any way to be, you know, we pay attention to so many other little things and we know every other challenge that come out every other week, but like, can you do the breast self exam challenge? We need to make that a challenge. <laughs> we need to. Like, can you buddy do, check? Do, 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 primary do, do, do. prevention. We don't practice primary prevention is what it is. Yeah. We don't do that until it's like, too late. We make a song like boobies. Love me. <laughs> yeah. like, like, what, what do we need to do? Because nobody is doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just really crazy. And so, um, so I know we talked a little bit about like estrogen positive and triple negative breast cancer. Um, so triple negative breast cancer is uh, more aggressive. And of course, black women are more likely to get diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer than white women are. Um, so that's why like getting in early, like him, you know, she caught it as stage one. Um, getting in early and doing those regular routine exams. And even when you go in, this is why it's important to do your well woman exam. Let's say you don't do your BSEs. If you go for your PAPs, when I get my PAP done, my OB, she be honored. She does her own exam on my breast. Mm-hmm. Like it, it. So even if you're not gonna do it yourself, even if you're like, you know what, I'm not doing that. Make sure that you go and you get your annual Paps and you go see your OBGYN and at least let them do it. Yes. Because, like, like why? Why risk something? You know, so great because it's it's a lot definitely so I know that you're a medical professional so did that make your treatment any easier or more difficult kind of more difficult because even I'm a medical professional Mm -hmm. I was all on the internet looking up things Mm -hmm. that I wasn't 
you know that how they tell you not to google, google anything <laughs> i was on the computer like googling and i just i don't know it was just different like some people may think oh she's a nurse she'll be fine with it but no it's something new to me something out the ordinary that i'm not used to dealing with so right, right. yep yeah. okay so I think, like, I always tell people, too, is, like, we know too much, right? You know, so when we were going through um, right before we moved and my Gigi was complaining of having, you know, a more difficult time with her breathing and um, they were, she was like, well, they, they've given me these inhalers, but the inhalers aren't working. And when we went to that appointment, I text Kim because they were like, well, we're going to run. They were going to run all the tests. Mm-hmm make sure that it wasn't um, when we did the um when we did the x-ray i saw the x-ray and i was like and i remember i text kim and i was like kimmy this is not i don't think it's tb (laughs) i just don't and you know like just having to brace myself because i already like i already had like i feel like i knew too much i already knew what this was like i already knew but let's run the test because maybe like Cause God, like God knows and honey, they came back. I was not surprised. And it makes it hard because we know, you know, we see both sides of it. Okay. How they told Kim like, yeah, you need to do chemo. We know both sides of chemo people like, you know, we know all the things that can happen with chemo. Like we know, we know too much. We know too much to it. Like if you can never have enough education, but I feel like it makes it harder, even dealing with the stuff with Gigi, you know, it made it harder because we were constantly trying to um, make sure, like, you know, I'm like checking this and checking that. And well, what about this level? And I'm like, I'm looking at her labs and like, I'm looking at every little thing, every little. Right. When you're on the other side, it's kind of like now you're panicking. You're Uh thinking, what if I have this? Because I've been a bit sometimes when, I'll have these symptoms and I'll go on Google and I'll be like, I'm about to die. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not about to die. I diagnosed yeah. myself and be like, yeah, this, I got this, this going on and just panicking. Yeah, so, I mean, the education yeah. is twofold. And I think that like, okay, I have hypothyroidism and just got mm-hmm. diagnosed this year. I kind of like, you know, I knew about hypothyroidism. I'm like, okay, I have this weight gain. And mm-hmm. I have this. I feel so exhausted. I was so tired all the time, and I could not put my finger on it. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's just go get the labs done. And I went to go see my doctor, and he was like, well, your labs are a little off, but my liver enzymes have started to shift. Mm-hmm. I was like, actually, you know, doc, um, even though like my labs are off, like they're trending down. I was like, if you compare with my labs from the last time, like I went back and compared my labs from six months ago. I was like, if you compare with my labs from the last time. And you know, sometimes untreated hypothyroidism can lead to stress on the liver. So it's probably why my, my and I'm like telling him. And so in that sense, it's, you know, it's good to know what you're talking about. Because I'm like, actually, no, if you compare it to my last from April, like, it's been six months. My numbers are trending down. They're probably going to continue this way. So you can go in and you can be armed with that knowledge. But it is scary on the other side because I just want to be the granddaughter. And this is my Gigi and I love her. And I'm having to think like a nurse and also, like, think like a granddaughter. So during the whole meeting when her doctor, like, set us down and we're talking about all of these different things, 
you know, I had to keep it together. Once we dropped her out, like, we went out to eat afterwards, went to Steak and Shake. It was her favorite restaurant. Had a little shake, right? Like, we went out to eat afterwards, all that. Honey, I dropped mm-hmm. her off home and was balling. Mm-hmm. Balling. <laughs> because while we were in the office, I was, you know, the medical proxy. So I'm like, okay, right. she wants to do this, but she doesn't want to do that. And I'm like texting Kim. I'm like, they're talking about doing something. And Kim's like, no, <laughs> no, I'll fix you like that. Don't do that. So, <laughs> so whatever I'm dead today, you know, they would offer. I'd be like, Kim, have you heard of this? Did you take this? What were your, you know, your side effects? And just having, you know, Kim and I both having each other to kind of like lean on it. It brought my Gigi some comfort because I'm like, well, Kim said she took it and she didn't have any, you know, she didn't notice anything to where she couldn't function because my Gigi's big thing was like, she had done the chemo before and she didn't want to do chemo again. She's like, if I'm going, like, if it made, she said it made her feel like she was going to die. And if she wanted, if she was going to be feeling that way, she wanted to really, <laughs> she wanted to really be dying. <laughs> she was like, no, I don't want to feel like that. So we did the estrogen therapy. Because Kim was like, oh, no, like, it's, you know, it's good. I haven't noticed anything big that I couldn't deal with. And so since we had Kim, who had done it and was going through it, you know, did you be like, okay, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> you know, she wasn't doing nothing she didn't want to do now. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Kim, Kim, I was like, Kim, she ain't doing that. Like, they, about, yeah. they had talked about at some point doing injections. I was like. No. <laughs> Like she ain't going for that. Not one time. <laughs> Not one time. Um, Kim, can you just talk about how like your diagnosis? I think, you know, I always say that um, in a lot of these situations, like in any situation and in every situation, you know, God will. There's a reason, and God always has His like divine reasoning. Can you talk about your divine reason as to your diagnosis? Why I think I got it? Why did I think I was the chosen one for it? Well, a year after I found out I had breast cancer, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she went in and did her mammogram. They saw some abnormal things in her mammogram. And they was like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, calcium deposit, whatever. So her doctor was like, well... Your daughter did have breast cancer, so let's go ahead and just do a biopsy just to make sure. And they did a biopsy, and lo and behold, she was stage zero. So I feel like if I had not had breast cancer the previous year in 2015, she probably would have been walking around with breast cancer for a whole year and not even knowing it until maybe like her next mammogram the for 2017 and it had spread. So I remember when you called me like my mom just got diagnosed and at first they weren't even gonna diagnose her but because I had a history and at first there was no family history and then like you know a lot of the uh, Kim fits none of the risk factors. Kim has never smoked she doesn't drink like you know she doesn't drink to the point of like cancer like you know what i'm saying like it's it like she doesn't smoke she doesn't drink she is healthy you see she's going for all her appointments honey kim ain't missing no appointments <laughs> <laughs> like kim like kim is like the risk factors that you think are there it doesn't run in her family all of that stuff is 
is missing. And so just solely on the fact that Kevin got diagnosed, you know, her, they call her on at stage zero. Like, oh, come through, Jesus. That's good. Come through, Jesus. So, you know, it's, it's important to, um, like, share, you know, have, share the family history. I remember I was gung-ho. I was like, I'm going to the geneticist. I'm going to, we're going to get all of our family. I'm going to figure this out. We're like, girl, my mom was like, you are doing a lot. <laughs> I was like, cause this is crazy. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go and find out. And so it really depends on average. Every woman has about a 13% chance of getting breast cancer. I think it's anywhere between 11 and 13%. Why? Because you have breasts. Um, because of the diagnosis that happened in our family, uh, the geneticist determined it would be like, you know, I was more in like the 25% chance percentile, which is good, like, which is good to know. Kind of helped my nerves because I was like, do I have the BRCA1 and 2 gene? I don't want the BRCA gene. Take all of my blood. <laughs> so um, these, the BRCA genes are um, genes that you have and you're at a very high risk. I think it's in like the 70%. Like if you have the BRCA gene, your chances of getting breast cancer are really, really high. Yes. Um, and so I was like here for it. I was like, poke me, take all the blood because <laughs> if this is something that I can prevent, you know, like my little sister from getting or, you know, so my mom knows that, you know, to go and get, um, to get more mammograms. And what's crazy is like my husband went with me to like to the appointment and the geneticist got to talking to him and he ended up having a good genetic stuff plan because both of his parents, um, had breast cancer so or had cancer Audrey's mom had breast cancer and his dad had brain cancer and you're like that's a little bit like that's kind of scary because both of your parents had like both of your parents had cancer the lady's like I really want you to come back and make an appointment and so even in all of this happening I'm like you know it's helping us make better decisions going forward like having kids so how do you think that your diagnosis how do you think that impacted your family um, since you were diagnosed with breast cancer, then later after your mom, so I'm pretty sure she was your support system and you were her support system. So, yes, it has impacted us because a lot of the women in the family now, oh, they're checking their breasts like more often and being more cautious and everything. So. Yeah. And can you just talk a little bit, Kim, about on the other side with um, like, because you were recently married the planning that you guys have to do um, when you were talking about wanting to um, have kids. The, the witch planning, the oh, kids, babies. Oh, the baby planning with the, the whole having, with having breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. I have to like come off with a tamoxifen for has, has to be off for like at least three months before you can even start trying and then they usually kind of sort of try to give you a time frame because they want you on back on that medicine like as soon as possible. If you want to breastfeed, they'll give you those six, six months to try and breastfeed. But usually after a year, if you aren't pregnant, they talk about sending you to um, uh, 
fertility specialist to make to just to see what's going on but they don't think like my chances were harmed or anything since I only did radiation and didn't do didn't do the chemo Mm -hmm. so and the only thing that they were talking about with me because I do want to breastfeed they don't know how the breast that I had cancer in will will respond until that time comes because they don't know if the radiation damaged the breast or if the milk ducts were cut during the operation or what so yeah so you know it just it just goes to really show um how this is a, it's just not like a one like a one and done thing right like a domino effect yeah yeah so like yeah. now it's affected because wasn't there a time like there's a certain time period after radiation too right that you have to wait or was it just the tamoxifen we were talking it's about just, um it's just with the with the tamoxifen because they don't want you trying to get pregnant while on it and that was another thing I was never like really a big birth control fan but then after the radiation and having the breast cancer and being on a tamoxifen I had to go on birth control but since I had the estrogen positive um cancer they actually had to find a non-hormonal birth control to put me on so I was actually had the paragor IUD which has no hormones yeah, it's just the copper the yeah. co- copper IUD so yeah so now let's talk about some joyous things right so you were married mm-hmm. uh, yes at the time Darren we love Darren um he was you guys had just so when Kim when you got diagnosed she was leaving St. Louis she was leaving I was. was leaving St. Louis and moving. Um, they moved to Georgia, um, and we were right out the door right after. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you guys like left in October, and by April we were in Florida. I was like, we are out of here. Everybody. Um. So, can you talk about your Susan G. Coleman experience? Yes. So the Susan. G. Coleman walk I did um what the first year after I got to Savannah so we got here in October I did that the April of the following year because one of my co-workers who I call Miss Cunny my mentor because when I got to the hospital I work at now she was actually a five-year survivor at the time so she was like oh you should come and do the Coleman walk with you know with me this year and you know I was like oh okay you know we we can do the Coleman walk. And it was crazy because everyone but me knew that at the finish line, when I finished the walk, that is where Darren proposed to me at. Yay! So, yes, they had the news. He had no idea that the news or anything was going to be there. He just thought that's where he was proposing. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so awesome. And I just, Man, I really just urge everybody to, you know, like, check, like, check yourself, know what's going on with your health. Like, that's why we have these conversations. Um, I will, you know, definitely say on the other side of it, so like, you know, Kim is a breast cancer survivor, whereas, well, I always say that my, my granny survived. She, my, my granny is a breast cancer survivor because she did it the way that she wanted to. Um, and being on the other side of it, 
you know, being a nurse, I'm like, do your best self exams. But like y'all, for the sake of y'all's families and y'all's grandbabies and y'all's great grandbabies, because I have a, I'm not going to say a void, but there is a part of me that I am so sad that my kids, because we don't have babies yet, will never get to experience like my Gigi. And she was something that like, there will be stories and pictures, but can you know? Yeah. Like you had to experience her, Donna. Like, girl, when I seen the picture, she just looked like she was like the life of the party. I girl, told you had to experience her. And it tears me up sometimes, like to the point of tears. Not that she wasn't doing what she was supposed to, but had, you know, I've been more involved or had thought about it because it came, it came back. It was something that we dealt with in 2006. She got, the, you know, she got surgery. She did this, this stuff. We were chilling, but just making sure that you're doing those follow-ups and making sure that, you know, you know, she went to her primary and her primary is like, oh, it's probably COPD. <laughs> and they gave her inhalers. And it just, it's so crazy. And that's just with anything. If something is wrong, like, listen, keep, keep pushing. Yeah. Because the patient knows. The what, you know. know your body's with you. And I hate when, like, a lot of, like, I work in the healthcare field too as a health coach. It's like a lot of my patients go to their doctor and their doctor just kind of blow them off and just like, oh, nothing is wrong. Just go home. And it's just like, I wish sometimes that as healthcare professionals, like that we would just listen to our patients. If they say something is wrong with them, take it serious. It, and it's, it doesn't hurt to like check it out or whatever, but it's like, we know our bodies. We know what's going on. Right. We know how we feel. Right. And I, and you know, that's why we, we made this platform um, because not only, you know, the healthcare professionals, I will say that I've had some people, not where I work at now, I, I really, the place where I work at now, my coworkers are like very, they're very good at like listening to their patients. But I have seen, even Kim, us being nurses, when some of these moms come in here that look like us and the nurses don't look like us, they are all very, they're very quick to write mm -hmm. them off. But what I want to do and the mission, you know, my mission is as a part of Your Help is Lit is like to arm you with the knowledge. Like there was a reason I was at them appointments with my grandma because you're not just about to tell her anything, sir. I'm telling you, she's taking her meds. She's doing this. She hasn't smoked in over 20 years. It, this is not COPD. There is something else going on here. Here are the symptoms that we're having, and this is what we need to deal with. And so that's when they ran the gamut. Mm -hmm. And so, but I can't be at every appointment with every person ever. Right. And so it's important when we have these conversations for us to arm you guys with the knowledge to do and have these conversations with your doctor. Now, what you can't do is come in here cutting up. Because if you go in there, well, I told you, like, we're not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to you. You come in cutting up. <laughs> Because there, there's a way that you come and approach these things. Mm -hmm. I told you, no, 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 no. You're a lot less likely to have my attention. I'm going to think you're crazy. <laughs> I am. I'm going to be like, girl, this moment. Kim, we just seen her. I'm like, girl, mm -hmm. <laughs> come get your auntie to her quick up in this hospital. Uh -huh. But we want to arm you 
to where you can come in and say, hey, doc, look, you know, I've been having this, this, and this. I've tried this, this, and this, and it isn't mm-hmm. working. What's next? Because I'm having, you know, here's a, you know, I always tell people, like, keep tabs on yourself. If you have headaches, mm-hmm. keep a headache journal. If you're having chest pain, like, write down what you're doing, what things make it better. So when you go to your doctor, you can say, I'm having this many episodes of this. My, like, look, my, this lump on my breast, it was the size of a, of a dime and now it's the size of a quarter and you told me it was fibroids and it never went away. Right. Let's get this taken care of. So shortly after, um, and when I say like shortly after my Gigi passed away, my husband's aunt passed away because her back pain that she'd been having for several months turned out to be cancer. And they're giving her payments and telling her to go home. And it just, it, it frustrates me that some of the, and not all hospitals are bad, not all doctors and nurses and medical staff are bad, like, right, because look at us, us three, <laughs> but it frustrates me that there was not a nurse there that was like, she's done a lot for this back pain, like, like they hadn't even done an x-ray, and they did the x-ray, and they found cancer, <laughs> and she passed away, like, the next week after my grandma passed away and she was young and it makes no sense. So make sure that you're checking yourself, make sure that you're checking your family. If, if you don't understand something, ask questions until you understand it. Yes. Because they couldn't have just walked in like, Hey Kim, you got breast cancer. Bye. Right. <laughs> no. You're like, no, sir, I need you to sit down and speak with me. I need you to talk to me. I need you to explain what things are going on. I mean, and, and if you, you know, we should, there's a lot of things, us being Black people, that we shouldn't have to do, but we have to do things certain ways, right? Like when the cops pull us over, there's just a certain way that we have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought oh, my hair looks crazy today. And there's a certain way that we have to be. I'm getting worked up. <laughs> uh, there's a certain way that we have to be when we go to work. There's a certain way that we have to be. And the same thing goes when you go to these appointments. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a certain way that you have to be. You can't come in there cutting up. Well, I read on, on Google, they're going to shut that down. It, they right. just are. But if you're just speaking to them like, look, I have this, this, and that going on. I've tried this, this, and that. Because they're looking for objective things you have to know how to speak the language. And so, you know, we're hoping and working on some things to where, you know, we are hoping to help people learn how to speak the language and to better navigate their health. But it starts with you taking care of yourself. If you don't know that breast cancer is killing us and you don't even do your breast self exams, I don't want to hear nothing when your breast turns into a rock. Because you should know, you should be checking yourself. Even if the doctor isn't checking you, you can switch doctors. But you can't get a new body. So take care of the one that you have. And yes, I'm on a, on a soapbox because this stuff, like being on the other end, like I miss my Gigi every day. I was just about to say preach. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my Gigi every day. And it sucks. I wish she could have lived to be 175. She didn't want that. <laughs> she was like, I'm not trying to be that. I used to tell her that all the time. She's like, I ain't trying to be that old. But it just is like you know andre's aunt like andre's cousin just got married 
they don't have kids. That was her only son. And it's because we need to take care of ourselves and make sure that we're advocating for ourselves. We say nobody should know you better than you. Be your own advocate. Be your yeah. own advocate. Because everybody doesn't have a Kim or a Donna or a Shiloh that's going to come in and ask these questions. And so we want to arm, we just want to arm you guys with the information because it, there, it makes no sense that we're at a 40% higher rate of dying. How do we bridge that gap? Because if somebody's not offering you something like, look, I watch this thing and I know the radiation and there's oral meds and key, like you like you need to know. And so, well, how come I'm not being offered radiation? And you ask that question, even if it makes them uncomfortable. Right. Because yeah. I sure ask if I would have to have chemo and what was the percentage of it coming back if I didn't have chemo. And the reason I didn't do chemo because it was only a 7% chance of it coming back. Okay, I'll take 7% rather than putting my body through chemo. Yeah. Side effects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you, but, but you asked those questions. Right. Like they, and you made an informed decision. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing. Like, ask these questions, y'all. Right. Because they'll just throw it all at you. Yeah. Like, did you have a notebook, Kim, or did I make that up? I know Gigi had a notebook, and we would, like, write everything down. Oh, yes, honey. I had it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I brought it to, when I came, when I moved back to Georgia, I brought it down here because I started it in St. Louis, and each doc doctor I went to, I had them writing stuff down or either giving me papers on it. That way, when I got here, I could say, hey, this is what we discussed when I was here, this, this, and that. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, you should have a notebook on yourself, a journal, a health journal, um, whatever it is, to where all your health information is in one place. Nobody could walk up to Kim and be like, what's your dose of tamoxifen? She'd be like, oh, wait, let me think about it. Like, you know that stuff. All of my meds that I take, I know what they're for, why I'm mm -hmm. taking it, how often I'm supposed to take it. I know when I'm not being compliant, and I'll be like, yeah, you know, look, if my TSH levels are off, I may have slipped up and not been taking my level thyroxine. As like, like, but that's, but you should know. Mm -hmm. You should know your dose. You should know why. You should know how. Like, you should know. Well, I'm on this one medication. Really? How do you know that it's not like jelly beans like how do you know people like mm -hmm. i don't understand it y'all and i'm i'm gonna come off my soapbox but i just say all that mm -hmm. to say that i like on the other end of this you know being a uh like a remaining survivor of someone of a family member who passed away from breast cancer it sucks <laughs> like it sucks so my gg is a part of the 40 percent that like that sucks and she was treated and was fine and was in remission and was good for like 11 years and then it just it popped back up because if you can never stop listening to your body ever it's yours so if you knew one time at band camp this happened to you 10 years ago that's something that you need to remember 
Like I was diagnosed with hypertension. Okay, so if I get really bad headaches, I, the first thing I tell them is like, I have, I have controlled hypertension. So don't even come to me telling me it's my blood pressure. I take my low sarcoma with hydrochlorothiazide every day. I take 100 slash 25 milligrams. So it's not my, it's not that I drink plenty of water because I can come in and tell them what it's not. Like, it's not that. Something's going on outside of me being a brown girl with high blood pressure because I feel like they're very quick to go to the fundamental things that black people have. Like, oh, girl, you got high blood pressure. Here's some aspirin. No. If you're taking your meds the way you're supposed to, like, oh, no. I don't get these headaches like this. I haven't had a headache like this in years because my hypertension is controlled. And they go do a brain scan and it's cancer. This is why it's important to know. So important. So, I'm putting myself myself on punishment now. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, it's on my soul, y'all. It just is like, it is because even with my DG, like the doctor couldn't just come in and say whatever to her. And I was so proud of her. Like he couldn't just come in like, oh, we're doing this, this, and that. No, 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 no. You're going to have to explain this to me. And after you explain it to me, you have to explain it to my granddaughter. <laughs> like, we're gonna have, you're going to have to explain it. So then she can then explain it to me again. So even if you don't know, bring somebody with you. If you don't feel like you can keep up and you can advocate for yourself, bring somebody with you who can it got to a point where my mom, when I moved, I couldn't be at the appointments. So my mom would record them. And we really didn't make a move until I had a chance to listen to them. And I'd be like, okay, I understand what they're talking about. This is what they mean. This is what they're saying. But they would record. I've been on three-way calls, recorded calls, like had stuff. Like my mom would record the stuff. So if you can't remember when you get home what the doctor is saying, it's as simple as taking out your phone and pressing record. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's my lit. That's my lituation tonight. <laughs> that's my lituation. Okay. <laughs> After sharing your story, what things would you like our listeners to take away from your story, and what advice would you have for someone um, who was rec- who is recently diagnosed with breast cancer? My biggest thing is to know your body. Don't let the medical professionals try to tell you this or that. Tell them, you know, I didn't have this at this time and it's here now. And, you know, can someone please check it out? And with breast cancer, do your monthly exams. Get a buddy. Make sure your friend is doing their exam as well every month. And for someone who's newly diagnosed, like get all the information you can before making like any type of decisions. Don't just let the doctors tell you, well, you have to do this or you, you know, you have to do that. Just get all the information, go over it to see what's best for you. Okay. Do you have any resources that you use or any organizations like support groups? that you know of for uh, breast cancer um, awareness and breast cancer survivors? I usually go through the, um, the Coleman and okay. usually can reach you out, um, reach out to other individuals. So, yeah. Okay, Thank you, Kimmy. Thank no, you problem. Kimmy. no problem. Another website is Bright Pink too. Okay. Bright-
It's a really good website. I used to do some work with them and do presentations for them on breast cancer awareness and ovarian. Um, and also on Bright Pink, they have like a little risk factor test that you can take, a little quiz. So that's really neat. So Bright Pink is a really good one too also. And we'll okay. put some information and resources in the um, group. We're always here for the resources. Y'all, I can't look. Let me just tell y'all. Check your body. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. check my breasts tonight. Yeah, you yeah. need to. Like, I check am. your body. Because yeah. it it sucks. It, like, it sucks. Kimmy, I know I just want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Didn't they suggest for you to get a mastectomy? Or was it at some point you were like, I, they want me to do like a radical mastectomy and you were like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, that's why I say no, go and research on, like I say, for yeah. the that and then like the chemo part. I'm like, so give me some percentages yeah. here. What? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Kim was like, they're talking about taking my boobs and giving me implants and I was like, but you look fire though. I'm the silly <laughs> friend. <laughs> I'm a silly friend. No, but I mean, but honestly, like they gave you some very radical because she was so young, they gave her some very like radical, like mm-hmm. they were like, just go ahead and do a radical double vasectomy. Kim was like, mm, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Kim was like, no, no, yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. Um, but she did the research. You know, it's all about making informed decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, Kim knows, she's like, there was a 7% chance, okay, that 7%, I don't think that what chemo will do to my body is right. that, you know, I want to do. Make an informed decision. Don't be out here at your doctor's room, like, your health is listed, don't do chemo. That's not what we said. No. We said make an informed decision and do what's best for you. For my grandmother, doing chemo probably would have been beneficial but she was at the age and the point to where she felt like her body could not take that. And so we then made a decision and a plan based around her decision. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we were still able to achieve her goals. She had certain goals set as to, and what she wanted the rest of her life to look like. And I am very happy to say that with, you know, with her oncologist and her hospice team, we were able to do that. That like that's my comfort in all of this. Like she did it her way. Gigi, like that's what she wanted. She did this whole thing her way. So make sure that you're listening to your body. Everybody's circumstance is different, but they will come to you like take like cut the boobs out, do this, do that, chemo, do mm-hmm. everything. And Kim was like, uh, mm-hmm. slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Um, Mm -hmm. don't feel like when you get a diagnosis that you have to make a decision that day because there's so many there's so many things Kim did you um do did or did um your oncologist did they offer any type of like counseling or anything like that to you they did they did and both in St. Louis and when I got to Savannah yeah so you know it's more breast cancer is more than just a physical thing um, make sure that you're taking care of your mind, make sure you're taking care of your, you know, your family and how it weighs on your family. There's so many things to take into um, account that we want to make sure that we are, you know, we're covering all of our bases. So don't feel like you have to make a decision today about your treatment. How is that going to impact your kids? What is, you know, like there are so many things that you have to take on. Make sure that you're one step at a time making the decisions that are right for you and your family. (sighs) 
guys. <laughs> um, breast self exams, breast self exams, breast self exams. I'm gonna find a video of somebody doing a breast self exam and post it in the group. Um, I think that'd be good. Yeah, it's it's very. It's very, it's easy. You literally can do it in a matter of minutes. The time you take trying to beat your face, you could in 10 self, uh, breast self exams and potentially save your life. And we're going to do the BSE challenge. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a song. We need to call Drake. <laughs> like, we're going to come up with something. Um, there is the Susan G. Coleman walk. There's also like the Sister Strut. I think I don't know American Cancer Society. American Cancer Society. So mm -hmm. if you guys are looking to get out in your community and you're looking for camaraderie or you're looking to help raise money for these um these organizations, um that's those are the people like you can find something that floats your boat. Unfortunately, I really wanted to walk this year, but unfortunately I will be out of town. I'll be walking for you and your GG um yeah i'll be out of town for uh one of my friends one of my friends is getting married so her bachelorette party falls on that yeah <laughs> so we'll be in las vegas <laughs> uh, yeah so um we also have the faces of breast cancer honorary video so can i expect to see you in it um, all right uh, so if you guys are interested in that we're just going to be honoring people who have had may have had so if you have a friend, auntie, cousin, it doesn't matter how they're related to you. Um, if you want to share their, you know, a piece of their story and have them in this video, it's something that we're going to do every year um, in honor of my Gigi, which I just, I could have a whole like three hours, five hours, <laughs> hours about like how much I love my Gigi. Um, and I'm just really, I'm really proud and I know that it's something that she, you know, like she would be proud that I'm like that I'm doing. So um, we want to honor honor other people and just show because people don't know like Kim, you young. It, this can happen young, old. You know, this isn't just happening to our grandmothers. This is happening to our friends. Cancer <laughs> doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. Cancer doesn't discriminate. So. Oh, thank you again, Kimmy. Donna, do you have anything else to add? No, this was probably, well, all of them are, are my favorite segments, so I can't pick one. But this has yeah. really inspired me to uh, go do my um, breast self-exam, and I hope it inspires others as well. And we have to remember that preventative care is, is the best care. Yeah, we should probably do something talking about primary, secondary, and tertiary. We should, and the differences between them and stuff. We should. probably just don't know. Yeah. Always have new ideas. Kim, thank you so much. We hope You're that welcome. you enjoyed your time at the Your Health Lit uh, table, at our round <laughs> table. We hope to see you back again. All righty. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. All righty.